0: Oh, that is so fun. We always have a good time. So I hope you can do that. Go buy a motorcycle this week and join us. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit about why I cut my hair. Um, I know you're really interested, but, um, you know, I want to tell you some advantages I have found just in the the few days I've had this. Um, when I wake up in the morning, my hair is ready. (laughs) I mean, it's just the easiest thing ever. I use a lot of sunblock and I can rub it on my whole head and have no hair mess it's just a huge advantage think of it if you're in a 40 mile an hour wind you have no worry about redoing your hair it's pretty cool if you have a hat you'll have no flathead you know that whole hair thing financial reasons now this is the main reason i want to just challenge you with this save serious money no pay haircuts no hairspray no hair gel no shampoo no hair coloring if you use all of these products and you color your hair and you get it fixed. I googled this and look. You can spend up to $1,500 a year on your hair. If the 12,000 people who consider Timberline their home church all shaved their head and gave the money to missions, we would raise $18 million a year for missions. Oh, so I thought I'd lead the way. Here we go. Now, I, you know I'm kidding. I had some people after the last service say, but it wouldn't be good. It would, people would think we're a cult if we all shaved our head. I'm like, whoa, you didn't take that serious, did you? So do not shave your head, okay? No, that's really fun. That's really fun. Those of you who are visiting, I met some visitors in the hall around today, first time. They have no idea what we're talking about with last week, Rob, me. Because if you're guests, I used to have like a full, thick head of hair. And uh, it's just a shock to see me like this. Enough of all that. We have been this year, 2011, we, had, we have kind of had a theme that has said, together for the journey. And we've really emphasized what it means for us to do life together and be a church and, and have some goals and values that we put out there. And we're challenging each other to live them and walk them in 2011. And our teaching team got together and we said, why don't we do a summer series called Fit for the Journey? And this series was kicked off last weekend, if you were here, by Pastor Rob. Did a great job talking about what does it mean to be spiritually fit. Usually when we use the word fit, it's talking about physical fitness. And you work out, if you say, I'm going to go, I'm going to be fit this summer. You know, you're going to work out, you're going to run, you're going to do all that stuff to, quote, get in shape. Well, that analogy is a wonderful one when we apply it to Scripture. And what does it mean to be spiritually fit? What does it mean for us to have attitudes that honor God, behaviors that honor God, habits that are actually honoring to God and the kingdom of God, the way we treat one another, all of these things. So what we're going to do starting this week is we're going to walk you through the five peaks of Timberline that have to do with our behaviors and our lifestyle, because these five peaks, which is part of our logo, really have a lot to say about how we live our lives. These are the five things listed in the Bible that we have to get right as a church. Our five peaks are basically love expresses worship, love embraces care, love teaches discipleship and love reaches evangelism and love releases, which is ministry. So today we're going to talk about love embraces. If you have a bulletin, turn it over to the back page. We'll get to it in a minute. But what we're doing is we have a peak pastor that is assigned over each of the five peaks and love embraces peak pastor is Pastor Steve Harris. Come on over here, Steve. And what we're doing over these next few weeks is I want those of you who haven't met Pastor Steve to meet him. And and I'm going to just do about a five minute interview here with talking about what love embraces is. And how it functions here at Timberline. And it's not just an infomercial, uh, commercial about stuff. I want you to really listen and, and hear some of the ministries that we have because some of you have an interest in them or you know someone who might. So, Steve, tell us a little bit about the main purpose or the function of, of Love Embraces.
1: First of all, Derry, I just want to say thank you for allowing us to do this because uh, a lot of people don't understand what the peaks are, so this is going to be fun. And it's a privilege to serve in the peak of Love Embraces. How many know, when you read Love Embraces, what that means? Three of you. Great. It's not a hugging ministry, a hugging small group ministry or anything like that. I just want to set that straight right now, okay? Derry, it's, it's simply offering care in the lives of our people within the church family and community through all the various seasons of life and the struggles and the good times and the bad times.
0: Like what would be a snapshot of some of the ministries um, that are, are offered throughout the year?
1: First of all, we, we, we have approximately 200 volunteers that serve in this area of Love and Braces. It's incredible. If you're here in the service day, I thank you. A lot of us behind the scenes, so I just high five you today. And also, as we mentioned some of these things that I'd like to mention to you today, if you have heart, interest for any of these, please visit our table in the mall and uh, get plugged in if you could. But we care for people in a variety of ways, and one is through our benevolence program. We have a team of people that, that come alongside people in our community, and our church family, and have budget counseling, uh, financial workshops, and assistance Uh, We have an awesome team of people who help oversee our what we call Manna Closet. It's a food closet back here. We give out approximately 600 boxes of food, dairy per year. Those little red wagons at all the exits, anybody ever see the little red wagons out there? Several of you have. Those are not for the staff recreation time during the (laughs) week. I want you to know that. Although, I have seen, Pastor Derry, you need to know this, I have seen Pastor Brent pulling Pastor Reza around the building during the week, <laughs> wearing little hats and sunglasses. I don't they know what it's all trouble. about. Yeah, they are trouble. I just thought you needed to know that. So, But uh, those little wagons are for you to donate food to, and we are helping a lot of people in the community through some tough times. We also work with about 20 different agencies that we're connected with that we can uh, send people to, and and they can help facilitate areas that we cannot help in. Uh, We care for people through the area of of visitation. Uh, This is a big area. We we journey with people from their initial visit in the hospital to the rehab units to home care to long-term care facilities. And I'd like to pause to just say a a quick thank you to a man, uh, John Engel, Pastor John Engel. Uh, He really helps champion this area.
0: He does. Thanks, John.
1: I, if you've ever been in any of these facilities, you have had a visit from Pastor John Engel, and uh, we love that guy and thank him for what he does. Mm-hmm. Also, through uh, we, we have care ministries, our, our prayer teams. We have about 50 people, approximately, that help serve in this area, offering prayer support at the end of all of our services, and they pray daily for needs that are called in to the church office, and I appreciate what they do behind the scenes. The funeral process, we journey with families during the time of loss. We have meals ministry that provide meals for people in critical times. Uh, we also serve people through the area of marriage ministries. We, we want to help equip couples from the, from the get-go. We have pre-marriage classes that we offer through the year, uh, helping with the whole wedding process, uh, offering retreats and workshops to help equip families in various ways. Uh, we host couple events, such as our 50s party, our, our Valentine's ball, our uh, annual couples golf tournament. How many like to go golf as a couple? One of you. Pastor Deer. All right. I do. We have, we have an annual golf tournament. Pastor Deer and his wife come, and that's about it. But it's a great time. <laughs> great time. That sign-up begins today, in fact, at tournaments in July. It's a lot of fun. We had several couples come out last year for that. We have mentoring. We have uh, counseling referrals. We have A lot of times we have couples going, where do we go for help? We're ne- networked with a lot of ca- Christian counselors throughout the community that, that help us in this area. So, Derry, that's a lot of stuff in a short yeah. time, but uh, there's a lot more, but I hope that helps.
0: No, just I think one last thing here. Um... What would be kind of your your thoughts to us uh, to encourage us to how to help this church be a love-embracing church?
1: I, I did a slide, an acrostic on the word care, and it simply just breaks down like this. It's simply within your family and community and workplace, have genuine care, compassion, and concern for people. A is, is for be attentive, notice, and have an awareness of the, of the needs that are around you. Sometimes we can just walk around with blinders and we don't want to see that, you know, but, but be attentive. Uh, R is just to be responsive. Sometimes we can see a need, and here at the church, sometimes we can just see a need, but we want to be proactive. We want to respond to that need by praying, by doing, by giving, just responding And E is simply to just encourage people through the seasons of life that they're faced with by emails, uh, visits, phone calls, whatever that might be. Hey, let's say thanks to Pastor Steve for
0: leading this week and who he is and what you're doing. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. As we talk about this today, take out your bulletin, go to the back page. The first point that I want you to write down is this. Love embraces when we live for God. Love embraces when we live for God. You know, the more godly you become, the more loving you're going to be. Because God is what? Love. It's not just an attribute about God. It's what and who he is. And so when I live for God and I have a passion about God, suddenly I'm going to be more embracing of the world around me, of sensitivity to your needs. Jesus was always sensitive to the needs around him. Now I want to talk about this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. It's called Philippians for that reason. Paul was in prison when he wrote it. He had a great relationship with the church in Philippi. And he's about to say a few things that I want to use as a springboard. And we're just going to walk verse by verse through Philippians 2, starting at chapter uh, 2, verse 12. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important... Work hard to show the results of your salvation. And that's interesting. It doesn't say work hard for your salvation. Because we can't do anything to to come to God. He, He did it all. He paid the price. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. That should be one of the results. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. That word working right there, God is working in you. Literally, the Greek word means to energize or to provide enablement. It's this idea that God, as you follow Him with passion, He enables you to do the work that He cares most about. Let me ask you a question. And and if you want to write something down on your notes, you can. What are some of the results of your salvation? How are you different because you know Christ personally than before? How many of you think we should be different after having Christ in our life? What would those traits be? I I think it'd be interesting to have you this week take some time and really think about that. Because I think it's usually a long lifetime process to see the fruit of God in my life. But it can be habits. It can be attitudes. It can be help with a temper, can be my reaction. I could become less judgmental, more embracing all these things that are godly traits start to come into my life. And that's how it should be. And I would encourage you to to really look at your life and think about what that means as to how you can live for God. Number two, love embraces when we live properly in community. Now, the word community has become kind of a a big buzzword around uh, the country. And, you know, are you living in community? Our family at home, that's a community. I need to live properly in that community. Um, I have a couple small groups that I'm in. I, I need to live properly in that community. As a church, we are a community. And we need to live properly in this community. It says this, verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Uh oh, here we go. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. It's this picture of this contrast that we, the people of God, will be light where it's most dark. And because we are here, the world has the potential to change. Is that true of us? Um, I like this idea, the question, are you a complainer? How many of you know you're just a complainer? Anybody want to raise your hand to that? A few few of you are pretty honest. Way to go. (laughs) Thank you. My, my, My next question is, how many of you think most people who are complainers don't know it? I think they don't know it most of the time. And if you tell them, I think you're kind of a complainer, they will just think you're complaining. So it's tricky. <laughs> it's, it's pretty tricky. You've got to really think this through. Some people just live for themselves. Do you think you're born with a good attitude or a bad attitude? I was just born this way. No, I think you make decisions. You make decisions every day with intentionality about who you're going to be and how you're going to view life. And it's really important that we get this right, you guys. That's why Paul is saying, make sure that the world can't accuse you of stuff because you're complaining about everything all the time. Can you live with joy? Can you live with peace? Some people just make it all about them. Even at church, you'd be surprised how many self-centered people come to church and think they're doing the church a favor by wanting everything their way. I I actually got a card a couple years ago, unsigned, that said, quote, I don't like facial hair. Would you please consider requiring all our pastors to have no facial hair? So... I did. Pastor Barb and Pastor Christie. I've said. <laughs> I like the sticker that says no whining. No whining. It's just it's just good. Um, We've got to get that right. I'm, church fights, church splits are not a good testimony in a community. It's, it's why we should so value love embraces. It's why we should value unity and walk in it, even in our differences. And we have differences, and that's okay. But what makes us a unique group of people is that we can love people who are unlike us. Will we take that challenge? Will we do that? One last thought before I go to the next point. Please do not try to settle your differences or conflicts through email. Email or through Facebook, or through texting. Sit down and talk to someone if you have a problem with them. Face to face. That's the way. Amen. That's biblical. It's right. And our world is falling apart because we're not doing that. Number three, love embraces when we make life count. Love embraces. There's something powerful when we live with intentionality that says, today matters. I'm going to make it count. I'm going to do everything in my power. And Paul kind of jumps on this in verse 16. Look at what he says. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. What he's saying is because of you, you're my fruit. And if you're faithful, and you hold on to the Word of God, I'm going to stand before God and know that all my labor was never in vain because you're following along behind me. Now, keep in mind, Paul's on death row. He's going to be a martyr for the kingdom of God. And he knows it. And his time is is getting closer, and he knows it. But he still somehow challenges them to hold forth or hold firmly. That Greek word right there, that hold firmly, it's an interesting word because... It, can, it has two connotations. It can mean hold on to the word of life, the truth about God, so that I can live fully for God. But it also is used in the sense in secular Greek world, if you came into a, a home as a guest, the host would offer you or hold out a glass of wine or a welcoming drink. And it would be this idea of I'm offering you as a guest to have this in my home. And so we are to hold out this invitation. We are offering the world something that we have. And and it's the Lord and His Lordship. And what does that look like? What does that mean? We have to be careful what we're offering. Are we offering the real deal? Because more religion is not the answer. I was, the other day, it's been a few weeks ago, I was, I was in this hallway right over here, actually, and I was coming out of the kids' area, which, in between services, I love to just walk around, and that kids' area is so fun, because all these kids are running around, and you parents, God bless you, it's just a cool thing to watch, and there was a mom and a husband and a little baby girl, probably one, one and a half, maybe, and uh, she, was, she had this big, long, like, wafer cookie. And she was just gnawing on the end of it. I mean, it was a mess, you know what I mean? And it's just kind of dripping. And, and it was the cutest thing. And she's just a little princess. And, and I walked over and I said, that, is, that looks like you're enjoying that cookie. And she went, bite? <laughs> I said, no thanks, honey. You can have the whole thing, okay? <laughs> I think we need to be careful in terms of what we are offering the world. Because when, when we taint it, and we put our twist on it, and it's not the pure, real stuff from this book, then it's not going to be attractive. That's why as we are marked by love, the Bible says, they will know us by the love we have for each other. That's embracing. That's what love embraces is all about. Really important. Fourth, love embraces when we pour our life out. So many people want To think of God as the give me God, fill me up, let me live in freedom, let me live guilt free, let me have, let me be blessed. It's all about this way. But love embraces has this idea to it that when we really are godly, we are going to be willing to pour our lives out. We're going to be willing to say, not what's in it for me, but how can I lay it down? Verse 17, Paul says this, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, which he's going to pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, a drink offering. Just a side note, that's an Old Testament term. And it was one of the offerings that people made in sacrifice when they were worshiping God. Paul is pulling that out and saying, my life is a drink offering that I am pouring out on the ground unto God. All of me is offered to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. You know, reflecting on what Pastor Steve said, this whole care acrostic, I like it a lot. Compassion, concern for people. A, attentiveness, awareness of needs. Am I going to live that way? Am I going to live with eyes that look this way and not just back this way? Respond to those needs. Encourage one another. Paul's saying, I live for this and I'll die for this. Last thing, number five in your outline. Love embraces when we share our joy. In a way, this point could be um, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. That's what love embraces is really all about. But the reason I put it in here as joy is because of verse 18. It says, yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. See, the Philippian church, they were concerned about Paul because they knew he was in trouble and was facing death. But he says, I am rejoicing that my life can be poured out like a drink offering. Don't you worry about me. Again, it's the opposite of it's all about me. Paul's saying, I've run the race. You rejoice and I'll rejoice with you. Because we've poured our lives out for something bigger than ourselves. And that is a great accomplishment. Just a final thought here. Um, Who's in your world right now that could could stand a hug and I don't mean a physical hug necessarily though it might be who's in your realm of influence that you can think of that maybe the spirit would just put a name in you that you would say I could look out I could I could write an email or send a card or flowers or how could you be thoughtful in the situation that they're facing right now I think as we learn how to be attentive to those little prodding moments of the spirit and we see someone needs a helping hand, we're aware of it, boy, it'll change this city if we just keep doing those acts of, of kindness, random kindness, as we just live our lives. Before you know it, it's just who we are. It's not a an intentional thing. It's just who we are and who we've become. I want to pray with you. I don't want to do something that we usually don't do, but pray with me. Lord, I just want us to be open now, Lord, to your truth as we sit in what we call our living room here at church at Timberline and those in the South Auditorium as well. God, help us to just feel comfortable and safe here in these moments. You're here. You're here and you're guiding us. Thank you for that. Um, with heads bowed, just... just um, here's what I'd like to do. I want to do two things. I want to pray for two groups of people. In a minute, I'm going to ask those groups to stand one at a time. The first group is those of you who... Really have some exciting things going on right now, because we often are sad with people who are sad. But I'm not sure we rejoice with people who rejoice. What if they got the job you wanted? <laughs> you going to be happy for them? And so some of you, maybe you've just turned over a new leaf, or you got a new job, or family stuff, or you're excited about something that looks like it could happen. I just I'm going to ask you, and here's the deal: I'm not going to ask you to say what it is or talk about it. You're just going to stand up right where you are. And then I'm going to pray over you. We're going to pray over you. And then you're going to sit right back down and we're going to move on. So there's no fear of trying to trick you into something else. okay? but if you're excited right now about what is going on in your life, you feel like God's opening some doors that haven't always been open or it's a new chapter or a new beginning or a new relationship, whatever. And you just want to stand to say, I thank you, God, and I recognize I am being embraced by you and you're leading me. Stand now, if that's you, please. That's exciting, you guys. Cool. Now, I know we don't often do this, but don't freak out. But I'm, I'm going to just, I want you to look around, those of you who are seated. And I want you to just, maybe you say, well, I, I don't do that kind of thing. Well, today's okay. Okay? All I want you to do is someone around you, just go put a hand on their shoulder. And don't hug them, don't squeeze them, don't bite them, don't kiss them okay just put a hand on their shoulder but I'd like for everyone who stood to have someone and if, if you're standing and someone in front of you is standing go ahead and reach your hand out to them and uh, just do that now please let's have some organized chaos here we're just going to embrace each other that's what we're doing love embraces okay look around anyone just put your hand on their shoulder good good Lord thank you for this exciting moment in these people's lives thank you for what's happened in their life And thank you for being with them in the journey to bring direction like this and for them to see that open door and the future looks good. They're excited. They're anticipating. Lord, I just pray. And we as a church, we embrace these right now. We ask for wisdom, for leadership, for guidance that they will make really good decisions over this blessing, over this opportunity. That you will help them to see the second wind is from you. And you've empowered them for moments just like this. Thank you for the victory they have and the sense of joy they share in today. In your name, amen. You can all be seated. God bless you. Thank you. Now I want to pray for those of you that might be on the opposite end of that. And, and it doesn't mean you're faithless or hopeless. It just means, hey, you're going to stand saying, I need God to help me through this one. It's a tough one. I'm working at it. It, might, it could be financial, relational, marriage, whatever it is. But you know in your heart, you would like for us to pray with you for what you are going through right now. Whatever the situation is, would you stand now, please? I just want to lead us into prayer over you. Again, we're not going to ask you anything. South Auditorium, you stand as well, please. Just just one prayer. We're just going to ask God to help you. Okay, same thing. Those of you who have people standing around you, just go over to them right now. Come on, move around. Just put a hand on their shoulder. There you go lord thank you that there are people in these auditoriums right now who put their trust in you and we embrace them and we embrace their journey and we care about it and we know it's tough and we know that they need you and they need answers today lord some of them need a physical touch in their body and you're able to do that others to them. It's financial, it's emotional, relational. Whatever it is, God, this man, this woman, touch them today. This young person, God, give them what they need to walk through this. Let them see this is not the end. But it could be the beginning of something great in their life. So we just lay our hearts open and we say, Lord, thank you for your embrace and thank you for the touch and the embrace of others who are journeying in life with us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. God bless you. For those of you who maybe don't know Christ personally in your life and you feel something today, you know there's this something going on. It's a knock on your heart from God that says this isn't about signing up for religion. It's about trusting me with your future and doing life with me. I'm a God who made you and I'm the God who loves you. You could just pray a simple prayer that says, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. I believe, Jesus, You are the Son of God. You, you died on a cross and rose from the dead, and I give You my life. I accept forgiveness by faith. In Your name I pray. Amen. In a few minutes, our prayer team is going to be up front. For those of you that might just want to pray with someone and uh, a specific need, feel free to come on up at the end and do that. Thank You for being an embracing church. Because You are. I mean it. You're a loving group. God bless you for that. Lord, we know that your love never fails. Sometimes we do, but your love never does. And so, help us to be really intentional about walking in your love, to let your love live, to to reach out, to embrace, to to, to think about it this week, Lord. Thank you that we can be light in darkness. Go before us now as we walk out of here, Lord, to make a difference in the world, to embrace people who... That's a rare thing for them. And to love those who don't know how to love. In Jesus' name. And everyone's amen. Come on up if you want someone to pray with you. Lots of tables out in the mall. Our members who are here, run by the South Auditorium. And cast your ballot right quick. God bless you. Thanks for coming to Timberline. See you next time.